I've been uh, reading um, one of the easiest books in the Bible to read of late. It's called the Book of Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible, which uh, gloriously finishes with, Come, Lord Jesus. We've, we've, invite, we've been inviting him to come. He invites us to come. And we say, Come, Lord Jesus. Because from the depths of our being, we long to be with him as he longs to be with us. And so this book, the book of Revelation, is about him coming in great glory and uh, helping his people. I've, I read uh, one of the, <clears throat> probably one of the most uh, famous uh, verses um, a couple of uh, days ago. And it says this, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. What a glorious verse. You remember that verse? I'm sure you all do. It's so famous. And um, it inspired one William Holman Hunt um, about a century ago to, to, to make this uh, famous painting, Light of the World. And so this morning I um, zoomed down to St. Paul's Cathedral and took it off the, um, out of the little um, casing. And I promised to put it back tonight. Okay. So this is obviously, as uh, those who frequent, frequent this place, um, a, a print that we have in our little chapel. And it is actually, it's quite, it's quite glorious in its depth, as, we, as many of you will know. Um, there's no handle on the outside. He's knocking, but will we open? Will we receive him afresh and anew in, into our hearts, into our lives? Because he longs to come in to dine with me. He knocks. And often we use this verse, don't we? Behold, I stand at the door and knock for, and you'll hear it in evangelistic sermons, you know, encouraging people to come to the Lord because the Lord's standing at your heart, at your heart and he's knocking. And, and it's true, isn't it? He, he does. He longs to be with those who, who don't know him. That's why we, we have been made and he calls us back to him to, to, to receive forgiveness and grace and mercy and to know the Lord. But this verse, as, uh, as many of you again will know, was not told and not spoken to, to non-believers. It was to believers, to a church, a church in Laodicea. Uh, and I was quite surprised when I read afresh the context of this wonderful invitation to come and dine uh, with uh, the Lord. And um, this invitation uh, came to a church in really serious difficulty, as, as again you will uh, know. Um, there was an emperor on the throne, a, a gentleman called Domitian, Diocletian, Domitian, and um, around uh, 1890 uh, BC. Now the previous Roman emperors, like Augustus and Claudius, they were happy to be considered gods uh, when they died, okay, to be included in the pantheon of all the gods. But this young gentleman wanted to be called God um, while he was alive. He couldn't wait. So he wanted to be called our, um, uh, our, our Lord and our God. Can you imagine that? A man wanting to be called that. And if you didn't, you were in serious trouble. And we think, oh, maybe that's just for the megalomaniacs, and there's, there's plenty of them in the world. But isn't that the state of our hearts often? We just want to be our own little God. And all the confusion, the chaos that we see in the world is, is folks turning aside from the Lord. But uh, here was this emperor. He wanted to be worshipped. And so that was, that was desperate for Christians who, like Thomas, could say, 
only to Jesus, my Lord and my God. So they were in serious trouble. And the author of this book of Revelation, John the Apostle, uh, John, as you know, was put on the island of, of, of Patmos. He was arrested and other Christians were also persecuted and some killed, if you read those few chapters in uh, Revelation. And you think, well, maybe that's, that'd be fun to be on a Greek island called Patmos. It is beautiful now. But in those days, it was depressing. It was, a, it was an island, just they, they considered it an island of mountains and, and mines. And it was not, not a nice place. And it was a, a penal colony in those days. And so the book of Revelation was written because the, the Christians were going counter-culture. They were saying only Jesus is our Lord and our God. And uh, they were seriously persecuted in those times. We remember um, the, the Colosseum and, and uh, the, the awful way Christians were martyred so many times just for sticking up. So this was difficult times. This was seriously difficult times. And so Revelation was written to encourage the believers that, yes, Jesus is on the throne. He is the Lord of history. He is the Lord of the church. And, uh, and uh, even in symbolic language, the veil is taken away, away to see the reality that there is Jesus on the throne. Revelation 4 and 5 is glorious pictures of, 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 of the Lamb on the throne with all the living creatures and all the angels praising God. And we're all part of that. When the veil is taken away from our world, that's what there is. That's what heaven is. He is on the throne. And so this book was written to encourage believers in, in seriously uh, difficult uh, times. And uh, as, as we know, these are seriously difficult times again for many believers uh, in many countries. There is extreme persecution and it's not easy in, in our West either. You know, there's this current of anti-Christian anti, uh, uh, movement uh, here too. So I'm going to read this passage, the context of this wonderful verse, right? And it's kind of surprising, actually, when you, when you read it. And uh, again, uh, many of you will know it, but uh, let's read it. And it's um, Revelation 3, verse 14. To the angel, this is Jesus speaking to the angel, to the custodian of the church in Laodicea. So this is modern, um, would be now Turkey. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the ruler or beginning of God's creation. I know your deeds, that they are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I'm rich, I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are Wretched and pitiful, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve or eye ointment to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, so these are quite tough words, aren't they? Those I love are rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent, for here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. That's the context. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne 
just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Those are hard, those are hard sayings, aren't they? Those are some hard words. And Jesus does say some hard things. And we need to be conscious that the Lord, he is Lord. <laughs> he can say, he knows, he sees hearts, he sees conditions, and he speaks in love. He disciplines those he loves, as it says. And it re immediately comes to mind the, um, uh, the, the figure of Aslan in the Narnia chron Chronicles. Remember, I think it was Lucy said to the, the beaver, on Beaver Moon, no, it wasn't Beaver Moon, um, uh, you know, a bit worried about uh, meeting Aslan, this great and glorious lion. Is, is he safe? Is he safe? You know, and I think the beaver replies, safe? Of course he's not safe. He's the, he's the glorious, majestic lion. When he roars, that's it. But he is good. But he is good. He is the heart of love. But he's no Father Christmas. You know, he's no um, put your coin in the slot and out comes what we want when we think we want it. He, but he genuinely, he's good and he loves us. And he, we've all had experience of his goodness. But we can't, we can't mess with him either. He is the Lord, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Now, Laodicea was quite, quite a, a fascinating, fascinating place if you sort of dig a little bit. He was in, it was a very wealthy city. It was in the junction of two valleys and three, three important roads. So a great trade center. It was known for its, for a center of, of banking. Um, it was known as a, as a textile um, uh, place of making especially dark, uh, dark um, and black uh, wools. Hence the Lord says, put on white robes. Um, it was sort of dark textiles, really famous for that. Famous for a, as a medical school uh, and especially for, um, for, for, for making up zinc and alum and, and um, for, for eye, eye, and eye ointment, salve or ear, things that would help your uh, eyes and uh, ears. And they were, but they were wealthy and uh, instructed and that they were self-sufficient. That was the, the problem really. Um, apparently there was an earthquake in AD 60 before this was written and when the emperor uh, invited, wanted to send money to various cities destroyed, uh, Laodicea said, no thank you, we'll do it ourselves. They thought they had all the money and the know-how and everything else. So that's, that's the town, that's the city in which these Christians lived. So this kind of growing persecution in the area, this uh, Domitian that wanted worship, so difficult moments for the Christians, uh, and then, but this culture that could easily and so easily sucked in the Christian, this self-sufficiency, you know, I can do it all on my own, I'm okay, you know, uh, okay, I'll do a few kind of religious deeds, but really, do I really need God? The Lord was kind of shaking them up. You need God. You really see who you are. We'll, you, you think you're rich. You think you have the, the best of clothes, but you you are poor and you need me so badly. And that kind of made me think of our culture. Yeah, we, we are so self-sufficient, aren't we? We can do things on our own. And uh, there is this growing kind of anti-Christian swell as well. 
And, but our culture is also quite despairing as we look on the various crises around the world. And, very, and we can easily get negative and despairing and kind of locked into the, what the news might throw at us, which is pretty awful all the time. But that's, that's the thing, isn't it? The culture can just seep into us, whatever culture, just seep into our bones and we become part of it. And what goes awry is often our relationship with God. And that was the, the case in, this, in this, um, this church here in Laodicea. And so he would say, but you're, you're lukewarm and uh, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked, you need stuff from me. You think you can do everything, you think you can handle this, but you are without me, the Lord says, woefully inadequate. So those are strong words from a roaring lion in one way. But does the Lord want to accuse us? Are the words to tear us down? They are definitely not. I, I just believe the heart of this message is a yearning, is a yearning to come back to me because I will feed you, I will clothe you, I will give you what uh, you need. And it says, he, he, uh, those whom I love, I discipline. This is the word in love, as you may know, there's many different words in Greek. This is the word for friendship. Those I want, those I want friendship with. I want friendship with you. I want to walk with you. That's, that's the love word there. Uh, I, I discipline. I say what the truth is, says the Lord. And that's, that's what the Lord does, doesn't he? He says what's true. He is uh, the truth. He is um, the first uh, words. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness. He's the one who speaks the truth. He is the Amen. So, in the kind of growing uh, anti-Christian climate, in this climate that was sucking the, the believers in, what did the Lord want to say uh, to, to, uh, to, to encourage them? It's really a passage, ultimately, of renewal, isn't it? Buy gold from me. Buy uh, white robes from me. Uh, eye ointment, so you can see. I want to renew you. I don't want you just to be sucked in under the wave of the culture, the despair and everything else, the sort of uh, rabbit holes that we tend to go into. I want to renew you says the Lord. And secondly, I don't want you to be lukewarm. I want you to be hot. Now, the Greek word is zestos, which means zest. I want you to be like lemon <laughs> on one level. But it really is like a hot spring. In Laodicea, there were kind of tepid, milky, limey uh, springs. But he wants, he wants us to be hot and passionate for him. And ultimately, that's our protection, you know, because the world would just crush us and make us all kind of lukewarm and, and wishy-washy. This is actually, that's, that's why the Lord says, yes, but you're lukewarm. I want you to be hot, for passionate. That is your salvation. Are you passionate for the Lord? Do you, are you, or are we lukewarm? I mean, I'll put my hand up. I so easily become lukewarm. And so the culture 
and the ethos of everything around me can wash over me and kill me and, 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 and suck the life out of me. But if we're hot and passionate for the Lord, then we rise above the fog that is around us. And that's what the Lord wants to do. This passage is not to condemn. It's to renew us, to renew our hearts. And sometimes there is a moment to repent. Yes, Lord, I have become lukewarm. Yes, I've done the, the deeds. But would, would you come and renew me? And that's what the Lord invites us uh, to. Uh, he is, and, and, uh, and verse 14, the begin, uh, the, the version here says, the ruler of God's creation, the beginning of God's creation. Um, we think of creation, yes, all the beautiful stuff there is, but also the spirit hovered over the chaotic waters and brought life. And that's what the Lord wants to do. That's why he began his address to the church in Laodicea. I am the Amen, the truthful one. I know really what's in your hearts. But I am the beginning of creation. And I can do a new thing even now in you, says the Lord. And then he says, come to me and buy gold. What's, what's, do, you, do you want to ask the Lord for gold, for nuggets of gold, new things that the Lord would give to you? I brought this, uh, uh, it's a Bible. Chris, could you help me lift it? No. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you. Um, there's a family Bible. It's massive. <laughs> I'll fall over in a minute. But, but this is gold, isn't it? What, what, what it says about God and reality and who we are in Christ. So you'll remember that in the, on the Queen Elizabeth's coronation, um, they, they gave her a Bible. We present you this book, the most valuable thing the world affords. Come to me. Read about who I am and what I have done and what I want to do. Gold. Uh, who does the Lord say that uh, you are? He says that you are loved with a depth. The love that is so high and wide and deep and, and long that surpasses all uh, knowledge. You are loved so much in Zephaniah 3. It says that I rejoice over you. Uh, with singing. It says, I'm lo I love you and nothing can separate you from uh, my love. You are so loved, you are engraved in the palm of my hands, Isaiah 49. This is gold. This is what, where do you get stuff like that? Where do you get affirmation uh, like that? And the Lord says, I free you. you. If you are in me, you've come to me, you are no, you're no longer um, What's the word? There's no, no condemnation for those who are in uh, Christ Jesus. And he says, I can work everything out in Romans for the good of those who love me. Even the difficult stuff, I can work it and mold it for the good of those who love me. And he says, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you in um, Ephesians. And we can approach the throne to ask for grace and mercy in time of need. So many promises and invitations in this book that is gold. And so our faith also, as 1 Peter says, that is actually more beautiful than gold, Peter says. So our faith and our trust in the Lord uh, can uh, grow. And then he says, buy from me white robes. 
take off your robes of sin. There's no condemnation. Your sins that were as red as scarlet, I will wash you and cleanse you, make you white as snow. And then eye ointment. Do you need eye ointment? Do you need to see things more clearly? In, in, around in, the, in your circumstances in the world, the Lord invites us. Ask from me eye ointment to see. And someone had a, was, was helped in their sight uh, over the weekend if um, the Lord uh, touched someone in this room to help them see even the words on, on this screen that they couldn't before. The Lord opens our eyes, not just physically, but uh, spiritually. And then we come to this amazing verse. Come, come to me. Behold, I stand at the dock. Uh, the dock? <laughs> I stand at the door and knock. He who hears my voice opens the door. I will come in with him and dine with him. So that word is not a little uh, ham sandwich, a little bit of uh, grisly lettuce on the side. This is a serious dining. This is it's the best meal and the longest meal of the day. That's what the Lord invites us to enjoy succulent uh, things. And so, yeah, a, an unusual letter to the church of Laodicea. You think it's shocking to start with. But the, the church was in danger of being swamped by its culture and the fear of the persecution. And the Lord said, the Lord says and says to us, well, where is your, uh, um, how are you going to overcome this? Well, invite me to renew you. Re invite me in so that I can dine with you. Ask me for gold, precious things from my hand. Ask me for, for white robes of fresh, fresh cleansing. Ask me for eye ointment. The Lord wants to renew his people. He wants to renew you today. And with this, with this, we can overcome the world. The, the uh, passage finishes with, and so he who overcomes, I will give authority. And if you look at the other seven letters, um, th those who overcome, those who receive his renewal, um, it says, you will, you will eat of the hidden manna, says the, one of the other churches. You'll be given a new name, a new identity. You will eat from the tree of life. He will give you food that no one else can see, but that truly nourishes and sustains and encourages us. So would you let the Lord renew you? Is there something you need to put right? Do you feel a bit swamped? Is your heart become a bit lukewarm. The Lord doesn't condemn. He says, repent. Yes, Lord, that's me. Please come and renew me. I ask that you're the only one who can give me gold, eye ointment, food that truly satisfies and encourages and gives hope and that overcomes this world.